prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ, that indeed he is named Jesus because he saves us from our sins. Grant, Heavenly Father, that we, we would be faithful to our Lord at all times and that we would understand his great power in saving us from sin, death, and the devil. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, about a month ago, I read an article. It's a, you know, I get these journals, and it's about, um, you know, it's a Christmas article. And, and it was, uh, um, God rest ye merry. And so by a guy named Wilford M. McClay. And so he had this par- these couple paragraphs. We were constantly reminded to keep Christ in Christmas and to remember the reason for the season. And of course we should. But if I may be permitted to put it this way, we must also keep Satan in Christmas and not skip too lightly over the lyrics that mention him. For he and the forces he embodies are an integral part of the story. It utterly transforms the way we understand Christmas and our world. We hold, when we also hold in our minds a keen awareness of the darkness into which Christ came and still must come for our sake. Then the article, he mentions the, the English Christmas carol, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. So let's just sing that uh, first stanza. Okay, go ahead. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power and we were gone astray. Okay, very good. So, so I read this article, then I, then I proceeded to, um, and to start looking at, at the Gospel of Luke and then also into the book of Acts, because Luke writes both Luke and Acts, and, and wanted to see, you know, the article really didn't, it, it was basically talking about, you know, words like to save us all from Satan's power, as well as a, a certain line from O Holy Night and stuff. It was just talking about that we've got to be aware of what Jesus is doing when he comes into the world, right? When he's born, he's born to save us from darkness, right? From Satan's power. But it wasn't really an exegetical article. So I, I, I decided to say, well, let's see. Let's, let's use this as a, as a thing to, to save us all from Satan's power and look at Luke. Now, in the Christmas accounts, obviously there's no demons in the Christmas account, but <coughs> look at Luke's usage of Satan, demons, unclean spirits, is eye-opening. And indeed, and, and, and the reason I look at Luke is Luke is the, the one true Christmas account, right? You know, um, Matthew 1 is just, oh yeah, he was born and they named him Jesus. Um, John is about the incarnation, but not especially about the birth, about the incarnation of the Lord. And Mark, of course, just immediately fires up, you know, John the Baptist is preaching in the wilderness. Okay, so it was utterly amazing to me, you know, when I looked at Luke, and I, and I hope to share that t- with you. And uh, if you want to go and listen to, to my Christmas Eve sermon, it's the, it's the midnight service where I, 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 I talked about keeping Satan in Christmas too, not in the sense of, of, of worshiping him, but when we see the birth of Jesus, we see him who's come to save us all from Satan's power. Okay, so, so now we have to understand, again, going back to the Gospel of Luke, that Luke 2 
is, is part of a larger portrayal of Jesus preparing for his ministry. You have Luke 1, Luke 2, and then Luke 3, which includes his baptism, Jordan. Um, so it's really Luke 4 where Jesus begins his ministry, right? And so, so let's, uh, let's look at the end of Luke chapter 3. You've got these three chapters prepared. Look at the end of Luke chapter 3. We're going to be extensively in the Gospel of Luke now. Let's just look at this, okay? And see what's going on here in the Gospel of Luke, um, the end of chapter 3. So, um, okay, so now um, we see in Luke chapter 3 that he was baptized, verse 21, and was praying, the whole heavens were opened, and they, they ripped open, okay? And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased, okay? Now we have his, um, his genealogy, when Jesus began his ministry, he was about 30 years of age, being the son, as was supposed of Joseph, son of Heli, da-da-da-da-da. Then go all the way over to the end of it, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the Son of God. Adam is the Son of God because he was made in God's image. He's the true child of God. Now, of course, Son of God right there is, is, is not the same level of Son of God as the second person of the Trinity. But Son of God is also what, what we are, are called to be, right? You are now heirs. You are sons and, and as sons, you can say, Abba, Father, Galatians chapter 4, right? And, and, um, and today's epistle lesson for the name of Jesus is from Galatians 3. Okay, but if you went into Galatians 4, which would be the epistle lesson for Christmas 1, is actually that, that passage from Galatians 4. Um, and it's a wonderful passage. So you are all sons of God. And in and, and John 1, we, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. You know, he gave rights to be the children of God, Right? And so if you believe in his name. Okay, so, so son of God. So what is this Jesus, who is now the second Adam, doing? Okay, so you have to understand what's going on right here. Jesus is undoing what Adam did wrong, right? So Luke is portraying Jesus as the second Adam. So this is the great, um, Matthew's genealogy shows Jesus to be the son of David and the son of Abraham, Right? Luke's genealogy shows Jesus to be the son of Adam. So he's the second Adam undoing Adam's fall. So that's, when you read the whole gospel of Luke, that's what Jesus is doing. So it's the gospel for the whole world. And so what's the first thing that Jesus does then after, um, after his baptism? We know now he is the son of Adam. He is tempted in the wilderness, right? Tempted by Satan. So, so this is a... So, so his first act of ministry is to overcome Satan <clears throat> in the Garden of Eden. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, <clears throat> cheering too much from a football game last night. So, uh, <clears throat> probably, yeah. So, so, hey, so, so, look at the contrast. Adam and Eve are in the perfect garden, and they're tempted by Satan. They fail. Adam fails. Jesus is where? Where's his temptation taking place? 
in wilderness. Okay, so, so the world is now really a wilderness. This is a great theme in, in the scripture that this world really is a desert. And this is why God, we need God's nourishment in this desert. And go, look, at, look at Revelation chapter 12 if you want to really explore that. Or, or, or talk to me about it, okay? Because there's a lot in Revelation chapter 12 going on in that chapter. So, um, so now we see the, his first act is the temptation right here. And, and in his temptation, Jesus is the true follower of the word. What happened to Eve and the word of God? What does Satan do? He, he mangled the word of God. Yeah, and, and did God really say? Did God really say? So Satan even tries to use the word of God, but he, he's a deceiver, and Jesus is not about to be deceived. So he's the true second Adam, the true follower of the word of God. He himself is going to bring the word of God. Okay, so now, having seen that, and this is how Luke introduces the ministry. Now we see quite often in the Gospel of Luke, um, Jesus casting out demons. And we're going to um, look at, like, for example, 431 and following. You have, um, there's a, Jesus heals a man with an unclean demon right here. So you have various expressions, and I, I did not, I did not do a systematic study of, you know, when, when, when it's called unclean spirit or unclean demon um, or just a straight demon. Um, I didn't do that, but I mean, but, but you have all these expressions. So, so you have Jesus heals a man with unclean demon. Now, this is found in other synoptic gospels. A quick question. <clears throat> if I say the, the phrase synoptic gospels, who is not 100% sure of what I'm talking about? So we're all, we're all, all good. Okay, so great, great. The, so, so we call, synoptic means to be seen together. There's three gospels that are relatively similar as far as outline. See, relatively similar because they're all unique and, and they're not dependent on each other. You know, the more, you know, you know liberals want to say that there's a, you know, Mark is the first and then there's this Q material, da, 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 you know, and that Matthew and Luke, no, 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 no. They, they, they are their own gospels. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar. They're synoptic gospels. So, so pretty much all that I'm doing today will, will be um, in view of Luke, but also I did look up synoptic accounts because sometimes Luke adds a special spice to his renderings about Jesus casting out demons or even mentions uh, demons or Satan where the other gospels won't. Okay, uh, the other synoptic gospels. So the man with the unclean demon is also found in the other synoptic gospels. Um, and so other demons are cast out in 441. And notice the demons say, um, um, demons came out, also came out of many crying, you are the son of God, but he rebuked them, would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. Okay, and so we have this theme. It's very prominent in the gospel of, of Mark. It's, it's more a problem, but it's also what you see in Matthew and Luke, where Jesus said, you know, first of all, he doesn't want the demons saying the truth, right? Demons know the truth, though. Um, but he does not, Jesus does not want to be seen incorrectly. Okay, and so, so he's not going to let the demons, because demons will never get Jesus right. So demons, you're not allowed to say that, okay? Um, so, so, anyway, so, um, so he rebukes the demons. So, um, so we, we see in, in Luke 6, 18, um, Jesus, uh, part of this um, is the region of Tyre and Sidon. This is, uh, you find this also in the Gospel of Matthew, but it doesn't list the same region. Uh, 
and um, Sikos of Tyre and Sidon, which would be outside of a Jewish area, who came to hear him to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. Okay, so we see in 618. Then we see um, a little bit later on in uh, um, Luke chapter 8, um, Luke 8, 26. I should have told you about this. I didn't write the reference. Pencil that in. 826, the Gerizim demoniac. And this is the guy who had a legion of demons. Remember, they, they throw the demons into the herd of pigs. Do you remember the story? And, and stuff like this. So it's uh, the other, this is the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But it's a very prominent story in, in the sense of, of um, noting that, uh, um, you know, the, the power of demons and, and, and how powerful these demons were, these, these legion of demons. Of course, legion would be a Roman term. Um, and so, and so that, that, um, and, and this, you couldn't bind this guy. He was just so, he was, it, it, he had, he had unhuman strength and from, from the demons. And, and of course it was very sad. He had been, been tortured by these demons and now Jesus frees him. And, um, and, and, and he allows this man to go and tell people what God has done for him. Um, and he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now, one reason he's able to do this is the region where this is, is, is obviously um, can't be entirely Jewish, right? They've got the pigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no pig farms in, in a Jewish area of, uh, of Israel, right? And so, so you don't see that. So that's reading um, about pigs. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the sheep tells the pig, this is one of Aesop's fables. You, you guys like Aesop's fables? I mean, you, we, every, everyone, everyone needs to read it. You know, the, the, the sheep and the pig, you know, and the, and the, and the pig, when the farmer comes to grab him, is, is, uh, is squealing loudly, and the sheep says, you know, what's the problem? You know, I, I don't see, you know, uh, what's the problem? And the pig says, yeah, yeah, he just takes your wool, but he wants me for bacon, so he, sque- so, so he squealed all the more, and the, and the, the moral was as, as uh, if, if uh, um, it's not a real danger, then you, you really don't, uh, you don't really understand why somebody else who is in danger would complain, you know, so, okay. Um, so anyway, so you got this demon-possessed man. Okay, so now, this is uniquely Lucan. Turn to Luke 9, um, verse 1, okay? This is uniquely Lucan material right here. And it called the 12 together, okay? And gave them a power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So this is the 12, okay? We're going to find out another 72 in the next chapter. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. He said to them, take nothing for your journey. Oh, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm back in eight. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself there. Um, um, and that's because I ty- have typos. Eight, one, that I'm wanting to... So 8.1, right here, the sending of the 12 is actually found in other synoptic gospels where they have power to heal and to cast out demons. That is another synoptic gospels. But Luke 8, let's move back to Luke 8, verse 1. Okay. And by the way, that's, that's 8.1, not 9.1, because somebody, again, the editor of this series is, is not too sharp. Um, I, you know, I... Sometimes I don't proof these things too well, do I? It's, it's eight one. As soon after where he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming, bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. 
and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others provided for them out of their means. So it's unique. It indicates from the text that, that these women had all been, been released from demons. And so, so being released from demons, they're now the exact opposite because they are just joyous and serving the Lord. And this is how Jesus and the, and the 12 disciples are fed. But this is uniquely Lucan material right, right, right here um, about, about that. So, um, so it gives you perspective of, of those who've been uh, healed from Satan's power are now to serve. And so this is really, in a very real sense, we have all been healed from Satan's power in the waters of baptism. And so we are to serve. Okay, so, okay. Any questions or comments so far? We're going to go into Luke chapter 9 now. I already looked at this first, the first verse, that they have power, the 12 has power over demons. I didn't even put that there, right, right there. Um, but now you have, following the transfiguration, this is found in, in all three of the Gospels, there's this boy who has a demon possessed, but the disciples are not able to cast out the demons, even though they had authority over demons earlier in the chapter. So this is a difficult, difficult one. Um, and so, so this 937, and so Jesus um, chides them. Um, the demon threw him to the ground and convulsed him, but Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the boy and gave him back to his father. Um, this is the one where the, and I think it's the Gospel of Mark, where, where the, you know, Jesus says, do you, do you believe I have power to, to heal your boy? And was the father say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And so it's, it's always kind of a, uh, one of my favorite Bible verses because that's my life, you know. Help, I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief because I'm so, such a pagan, you know. I mean, I, um, uh, and not, no, no, I'm not running drugs, okay, or anything like that, folks, but it's a, but, but as, as saint and sinner, I mean, and I think you all understand this too in your own lives, you believe, but then you look at you, but yet, is my faith as strong as it ought to be? No, 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 it's not. So, okay, so this is a transfiguration, fourth unclean spirit. And, sin, um, and so 949, uh, John, um, and then, then there's, this is uniquely Lucan also, somebody else. Uh, no, I, I don't know if it's uniquely Lucan. Um, no, it's also in Mark. John answered, Master, we saw somebody casting out demons in your name. We tried to stop him, but he does not, because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, do not stop him, for the one who is not against us is for you. Is not against you, is for you. So in other words, there, there are other people um, serving the Lord who also are casting out demons. But just indicates, you, you see this pervasiveness of, of, of demons and Jesus conquering demons. One of the unique things in Scripture, if you, if you look through the Old Testament, you will not see the emphasis on demons and demon possession that you see in the Gospels. And, and so this is very important to understand that, that the Gospels kind of open our eyes to the world and, and see the power of Satan and that Jesus is overcoming the power of Satan, especially this Gospel of Luke. And so it's, a, it's, it's kind of a unique way of looking at it, and, so, and I don't, that's a whole nother, whole nother Bible study to, to get into, uh, um, you know, the demons and, 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 and then also angels and all this other stuff, you know, Old and New Testament, and, 
It's, it's a much, much deeper study, okay? So, um, questions and comments? Because now in chapter 10, we have these unique Lucan materials, unique to Luke, where, where now the ministry is going to be expanded because Jesus sends out the 72. The 72, or Luke 2, 10, 1, okay? They send, send this out, okay? Um, okay. Then we see that they come back in, um, in verse 17. The 72 returned with joy. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Okay, so the preaching of the gospel means demons shudder at the name of Jesus. And this is still true today. We still use the name of Jesus to, against the power of Satan even today. And, and Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are, are written in heaven. Okay, it's one thing, you know, obviously, you know, that demons are, are subject to the name of Jesus and that we have power over demons because of Jesus. But it's more important to be saved, right? You know, so, so that's what Jesus is saying right there. But notice that the ministry is 72, and then I saw Satan fall like lightning. Okay, so, so now we have the return of Satan. We haven't seen Satan directly since Luke chapter 4. Okay, and so now, now he is mentioned directly. Okay, and then, of course, Jesus casts out a demon in, in Luke chapter 11. Then you, you must be doing this because the power of Beelzebul, right? That's how you can do it. No, 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 no. In verse 18, if Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? I'm in chapter 11, by the way. For you to say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it's the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Okay. And so, so the kingdom of God is now upon this. So then, then he's going to go on um, right, right here. And then um, verse 24. Verse 24. Um, you, you see this kind of unique passage. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest and finds nothing. It says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and dwell there. And, and the last day of that person is worse than the first. And this is a, kind of a warning. So, so um, we have been delivered out of darkness into his marvelous light. First uh, Peter chapter 2. But you're warned to stay in that light. You know, the evil one is still out there. He's still out there. Now, now this is Schumacher's personal statement now. I have no scripture of it. But I personally do not think I've ever come close to Satan himself. Because Satan is only one being, right? He's not omnipresent. And Schumacher, Pastor Bethany Lutheran Church, is not nearly the status of, as far as preaching the gospel as... as, as as other Christians in the world, right? You know, who are doing, you know, are much more prominent as far as proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, now that demons might have been near me to tempt me, I, I certainly can, can go with that. I've never seen one except this, but, uh, but, but that demons are around us, yes. But Satan himself, you know, he can't be every place, right? And so I, I think sometimes part of, part of my, my study I like to remind you is that Satan indeed is the evil one. He's the prince of the power of the air, right? However, 
he's not equal to the Son of God. He's not omnipotent, he's not omnipresent, he doesn't know everything, you know, so he is, he is a master demon, yes, but he's not corresponding to the Son of God. And therefore the name of Jesus is much more powerful than Satan. Okay, but this passage is a warning that, that you know, if you've been delivered from, from the powers of hell, demons, you know, whether it's exact demon possession or just the, the, from the powers of darkness when you were in sin, be careful. Be careful. Remain in your baptism. Remain in the Word. That's why it's so good to be able to be here today. I, know, I, I recognize our attendance is not going to be as great as it was on Christmas Eve, but we're, we're all here to hear the Word, receive the Blessed Sacrament, and that's such, such a blessing to be here with you. Okay, so <clears throat> let's continue on um, right here. We have um, uniquely Lucan material in chapter 13. <clears throat> so um, let's turn to chapter 13, 10 and following. Um, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on Sabbath, and there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over, and Jesus called her and said, Woman, you are freed from your disability. Laid hand, immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. Okay, and so, so this is, um, so what's unique about this is, is that, is that, is that this woman's healing is also seen in terms of being released from a disabling spirit. Okay, and this is, again, unique in Luke. So what I'm trying to do right here is, is, to, is to show <clears throat> that, um, that Jesus, born in Bethlehem, city of David, that, that his ministry is essentially overcoming Satan and the power of Satan's demons. And so it's very prominent in the Gospel of Luke. And, and it's more, more prominent in the Gospel of Luke than it would be in Matthew, Mark, or John. Now, this is not to say that, that any of the Gospels disagree with any of this, but it's just this emphasis. So, so indeed, you know, testing the hypothesis, you know, that, uh, remember, Christ the Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. It's, it's working. So you see in the Gospel of Luke this, this, this um, this uniquely um, emphasis on Jesus overcoming Satan. And now we're going to continue out, continue to look at, at this um, in further. Are there any questions or comments? Yes, yes, yes go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, she's, yeah, daughter of Abraham, I mean, she's a physical Jew right here, and so now he's given her true deliverance and, and really bringing her back into Abraham's people by d delivering her from this disabling spirit right right here. Um, and so now now their view of the Sabbath, of course, is incorrect. They don't understand the Sabbath. They, they, they you know, Jesus, um, um, you know, his disciples, you know, ate heads of grain on the Sabbath, and, of course, Jesus, he was... And, 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 and he was chastised for this, and then Jesus 
because of the, man, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, right there. And that's, uh, um, and, and so the Sabbath was, was God's blessings to us that we might be his. <clears throat> and so the daughter of Abraham, he, he's actually bringing her back into the true people of Abraham by giving her deliverance right now. Okay, so, um, and of course, the Pharisees don't understand Abraham correctly. And this goes back, if you go back, if you were to look at, um, <clears throat> at the preaching of John the Baptist, you know, in, in Luke chapter uh, 3 right there. You know, and, and so Jesus also chastises them because they don't understand Abraham. You know, they don't, they, and, and this is consistent with all the Gospels, this, this really misunderstanding of what it means to be a child of Abraham. And so, so now this woman is, is now delivered by Jesus um, at this time. So, is it? Yeah, so thank you very much because, it, it, you know, I, I really didn't explore the passage much. But besides, um, you know, seeing that, that this is unique to Luke and this 18 years of disabling spirit and, and, and Jesus couches her healing in terms of, of, of casting out a demon. Okay. And so seeing this and so, so it raises the, the, the question, I we can't deliberately have a one-to-one -one connection but certainly um, diseases can be associated with the power of, of, of the devil. So, so don't, you know, if you get a cold, don't say, oh, this is Satan persecuting me. Don't say that, okay? I, I have no word of God about that. But we do see, um, for example, that, that Job's health is broken because Satan torments him, right? In, 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 in the book of Job in the Old Testament because he lost his possessions and Satan says, yeah, yeah, he's got his health, though. And then the Lord allows him to... <clears throat> be tormented in his body also okay and then of course um paul and uh calls uh his is thorn in the flesh which is a but being buffeted by satan right in second corinthians chapter 12 okay um okay let's let's continue on okay so there's so i've kind of covered the, the demon possessions in luke but there's other passages that i think are very very helpful um so So you, um, so you see the parable of the sower and the seed. <clears throat> and so if you look at um, Luke 8, 12, um, the ones along the path of those who've heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be, and be saved. Um, um, now in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 4, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So you see in this parable of the sower and the seed how the devil wants to rip the word of God from people because they, he knows what the word can do. And, of course, he's doing a really good job of it in our society, right? You know, I mean, uh, where's the word of God? I mean, it's, it's, it's largely hidden. I mean, um, and people are almost ignoring it. And now you have... Uh, um, I don't want to pick on them t too much, but, but you have all these, uh, you know, you have a lot of churches out there that, that avoid even the church name, you know, any, anything that would smack a biblical truth, right? You know, you, it's all more, more human-centered, you know, Restoration Church or, or something like this, you know, as, as opposed to, might not make, you know, Restoration Ministries or, 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 or good life ministries or something like this as opposed to you know saint paul's lutheran church or or trinity lutheran church or or in our case you know bethany lutheran church um 
it's kind of interesting, I field worked in, in, in St. Louis at Gethsemane Lutheran Church. How about that? I, I don't think that name would, would float too much anymore, do you think? You know, I mean, uh, you, know, uh, you know, get your big, big yellow box church and call it Gethsemane Ministries, right? You know, so it's a, okay, so, okay, okay. It's Schumacher and Snyder remarks. Okay, so, um, so, um, so, so I, we've already talked about Luke eleven twenty four, 24, um, where I talked about the devil, that the demon can return. And then Luke 13, 31, um, we have this uh, where, um, where Jesus is, is approaching Jerusalem. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow on the third day I finish my course. Therefore, I must go on my way today and tomorrow on the day following. It cannot be said that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. And then, so now he laments over Jerusalem. Jerusalem kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is forsaken. I tell you, you would not see me until you, until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so, uh, but, but he mentions in, in context right there, I cast out demons. So Jesus sees, I think it's very helpful. And this, again, this is unique in Luke, this, this, um, this verse. Jesus looking at his ministry and coming to the ministry about in terms of casting out demons and pu- performing cures. And, and so, um, and so in this fallen world, Jesus, he, he saves us from, from sin, death, and the devil. And so this is very important. So, okay. Um, any questions or comments about so far in the Gospel of Luke? Okay. So, um, again, you know, to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. So now, now, as we come into Holy Week, there's a couple of passages that are unique. Um, in, in Luke 22, verse 3, then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was one of the number of the 12. He went away and conferred the chief priests and officials, officer that he might betray him to them. So this is unique that, that, that Luke, Matthew, and Mark don't mention that Satan entering into Judas, but Luke does, okay? <clears throat> And then also unique to Luke is, is in terms of, of Peter's denial. Okay, Simon, verse 31, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I pray for you that your faith may not fail, and we have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Um, and so, so right here, so, so we're seeing Peter's denial in terms of a temptation of, of, of Satan, and, but, but, but Jesus interceding on, on behalf of, of, of Peter, um, on, on Peter's behalf. So, so in, in the other synoptic gospels don't mention that in terms of Satan's wanting to sift you like, like wheat. And I, I didn't really explore that verse uh, too much, exactly what's going on here, other than just to notice um, Satan making a demand and Jesus answering that demand with uh, that, that he's going to be you know, protecting Peter, even though Peter would deny Jesus. Okay. So, so this is in the Gospel of Luke. So now, having said all this, I, I hope you now can see the, what's going on at Christmas with this one born, and the angels proclaim his birth. Angels are the correspondent to demons, right? Because the demons were, are angels gone bad. And so we see the army of angels 
It's very important because we have a, a legion, an army of, of, of demons in the, in the Gerizim demoniac, but you have an army of angels praising the Lord in Luke chapter 2. So, so I, think the, I think it's, uh, you know, this article, you know, so when I started looking at this, I said, yes, yes, yes. He look at what's going on here in the Gospel of Luke to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. That's exactly what Jesus is doing. He is saving us from the powers of darkness. And so it's not just cute little baby Jesus, but it's the one who's going to save us from Satan's power right, right there. Um, so any questions or comments about the Gospel of Luke? I hope, hope so. We're going to get into the book of Acts next. But, but my main goal in, in the study was to, was to help. <clears throat> was once I, I read this, and I started looking at the book of Luke. It, it kind of opened up my eyes to, to a greater understanding the, of the whole gospel of Luke and the prominence of demons and Satan and, and, and what Jesus is doing in his ministry to, to defeat the powers of the evil one. And, and always going back, because he's the second Adam who now, you know, overcomes the temptation of Satan, but really to see his whole ministry in terms of, of, of this. Okay. Um, any other questions or comments about the Gospel of Luke? Because we're going to go into the book of, of, of Acts now. Yes, yes, go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I, I, I make that point. If you, if you were to look at the Greek of Luke chapter 2, um, the, the angels, it, it's, it's like a, they're in military formation as they, as they say glory to God is the highest. And so, it's, it, it's a, so you, you are supposed to see military language right, right here and to see Christ's interest into the world in military terms. And so in, in, in a real, real aspect, you could, I, I'm beg borrowing stealing because you could look at, uh, um, Christ's ministry in terms of World War II history. You know, um, June 6, 1944, what happens? D-Day, Normandy, we land in France. But is that the victory? Is it one? No, no it's, it, it's, it's the Allies now coming back onto that. And of course, I know the Russians are already fighting on the Eastern Front, but it's now creating the Second Front. And of course, in less than a year, it's all over with and, and Hitler's evil empire is gone. But D-Day, so, so on Christmas, the Lord is born, and, and these military formations say, glory to God, because we know he's on the beach. But then his ministry is then attacking the very capital of Satan. He, he defeats Satan with his temptation. But the real triumph, of course, will be, and, and Luke, of course, Luke is unique, because with his crucifixion, resurrection, and Luke is unique because now his ascension to glory, Right? And so, so the ascension, the glorified Lord now, who rules over his church, is, 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 is very, it's uniquely Lucan, okay? And, and uh, Matthew, Mark aren't going to deny that, but Luke has the ascension both at the end of his gospel, Luke 20, 24, uh, 44 to 53, and then Luke, Acts chapter 1, um, with his ascension, and, and you'll be my witnesses now. Okay, yes, go ahead, Dennis, yes. Yeah.
Right. Yeah. 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 So, so the Lord, because the angels, and that's a, that's a whole other study, is, is, is the study of angels as messengers of God. But, but they recognize that this is God speaking through the angels, so there's no doubt. So whether it's the... It, it, yeah. Yeah. I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and speaking of which, let's go in the book of Acts. Okay, okay, got a, got a couple of minutes here. So, um, yeah, segue, yes, yes. So, so uh, yes. So, okay, let's, in the book of Acts. So, so we see um, the disciples cast out demons in chapter 5. Philip... One of the, the new pastors, deacons, remember there's these seven deacons chosen in, in Acts chapter 6, and then at the end of 7, one of them gets killed, Stephen, and by the way, St. Stephen's Day is the 26th of December, St. John's Day is the 27th, and Holy Innocence is the 28th. Um, but Philip, one of these seven deacons, casts out a demon in chapter 8, and the apostle Paul casts out demons in 16 and 19, and, and, and therefore you... And, and most probably in Acts chapter 5 of Peter, you, you have this kind of, you know, not quite equal weight, but, but this parallel between Peter and Paul in the book of Acts. Okay, so, so the, the ministry of the apostles is to defeat Satan. Um, Acts chapter 5 with Ananias and Sapphira, Peter says this, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back for yourself the proceeds of the land? Of course, then God strikes Ananias dead. Um, then we have this passage. Let's turn to Acts chapter 10. Of, of, um, it's a hugely important passage. Okay, so... Um, so Acts chapter 10 um, is now where Gentiles start hearing the gospel. Now, it's in Acts... When, and now, now these Gentiles are like Cornelius, so they're, they're not, they, they've heard about God and that he's going to have a Christ. Um, but it's very important because this is the, the first Gentiles who become um, believers here in Acts chapter 10. Um, and again, Acts 13 is when the real dam burst, 13, 44 and following. Because that's when these uh, like Zeus-worshipping Gentiles um, become, become believers. So... So, but Acts 13, so this is very important. This is a very important lesson here, Acts 10, 34 to 38. So, truly, Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism of that John proclaimed how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then he continues to go on about that, um, that he's, risen, he's crucified and risen from the dead. So it's very important that Peter to the Gentiles is saying Jesus' ministry is to, is to overcome those oppressed by the devil. And so this, this is very prominent there, right there. So in another passage, I think it's hugely significant, um, is that the Apostle Paul three times, we have the actual account of the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9, 
But then two other times, Paul relates Jesus meeting him on the road to Damascus. And so in Acts chapter 26, I'm going to start at verse 14. Um, um, Verse 13. At midday, O king, I'm Acts 26, sorry, verse 13. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me, those who journeyed with me. When he'd fallen ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. But rise and stand up on your feet, for I have appoint, appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen in me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people, and from the Gentiles, for whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And so, so it, it, this, this prominent theme, for example, Paul's letters, Apostle Peter's, delivering us from darkness to light. And, and, and for example, I have here uh, Paul's preaching you know, um, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, finally be strong in the Lord and, and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this prince of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Peter, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone, someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And so, so we see in the book of Acts that Peter and Paul view their ministry in terms of defeating Satan in Jesus' name. And so, so also we see it in their letters. And I, and, and I didn't even touch all the epistles. I didn't touch the book of Revelation. Uh, it was very prominent. Also, the dragon, you know, who's going to uh, just destroys Jesus, um, but, but, but Jesus is rescued, take up, he's ascended to heaven and rules with the rod of iron, Revelations 12, but the dragon now wants to kill the church, and so the, the evil one still wants to kill the church. And so we have no power against him except the name of Jesus. But that's good enough, isn't it? Because our Lord is Lord of all. And so, okay. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray, O tidings of comfort and joy. So I, I hope this has helped you understand any other questions or comments about, uh, about uh, um, what Chris is all about, that it's about Jesus defeating the powers of the evil one, not just being cute and cuddly in a manger. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I don't think the powers and principalities right there would be, you could equate that with, with our social institutions of our, so these are more spiritual powers, some of this. But Satan definitely, and the demons are definitely influencing this whole, whole stuff like this. And there's so many, you know, the, it's really the teachings of the devil, you know, all these things that, are, that you know, the, that, um, uh, almost everything that God has created good is now being overturned. And we, we see this, 
and that, that's, that, that there's much deception in the world, and of course Satan would be behind it. And we always have to remember that the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer, but deliver us from what? Evil. evil. Probably better translated, deliver us from the evil one. It'd probably be a better translation. Um, because, because there is real evil. And, and, and this is precisely why Jesus came, because he overcomes the evil one. And he's born in Bethlehem to save. And speaking of salvation, we get to eat and drink the body and blood of Christ. And I get to preach the word right now.